0: Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible chapter by chapter. And here we're looking at a psalm today. We're taking a little break from Isaiah just for one day. We'll get right back to Isaiah tomorrow, Tuesday. But today we're looking at Psalm 29. And Psalm 29 is a short little psalm. And it's a nature psalm. Lots of natural imagery, looking at the mountains, looking at the trees up in the mountains, you know? I mean, like, if, if you're ever up in the mountains, this is pretty much the perfect psalm to look at. You should check out Psalm 29 the next time you do. And we're looking at just, looking at nature, looking at how there is a God over all of it that's so much bigger, as big as nature seems to be, as big and high as those mountains seem to be, as tall as the trees are, there's a God that's even bigger behind all of it. And there's some really interesting uh, turns here in this psalm. There's really some um, kind of some unique ways of speaking. Some some terms that do not happen very often at all in the entire Old Testament pop up in um, kind of a large concentration in this psalm, referring to uh, Mount Syrian, talking about the cedars of Lebanon, talking about the heavenly beings in verse 1. Who are they? These are the questions we'll be looking at today. And today we are joined uh, by, you may have guessed it if you've been listening for a little while, Pastor Nathan Metter, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back. Looking at another psalm today.
1: It is good to be back to get you know, I, I almost feel guilty de- de- uh, uh, derailing the folks from the that old testament the fifth evangelist isaiah but uh uh the the psalms are uh, the psalms are just a, a, a wonderful treasure to get to to dig into and uh and, and to mine realizing that that this was this this was the not just the the hymn book or the prayer book of uh, of the uh the believers uh who trusted in God's promise to send a send a messiah uh but it was the hymn book the prayer book of the messiah himself during this time and uh, yes. and and probably probably uh other outside of the gospels outside of the gospels it, it is it is a rock solid concrete that as you as you mine these psalms um, these are 150 examples of that wonderful that wonderful exchange that, that Jesus has with the with the Pharisees when he says, uh, "You study the scriptures thinking that you're going to find righteousness, but I tell you these they testify to me." And each one of these psalms, uh, each one of these psalms, in, in their own unique poetic, musical sort of way, always get us to Jesus.
0: They do, and it'll be interesting making some of those connections. I know that one of them uh, that comes to mind is that this is actually written as a Psalm of David, and we'll have a chance to consider, is there, is there any kind of way of seeing David as you know the, the prototype of, of Christ then? Um, there's a couple different things. I think maybe one of the big ones is um, at the very end, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, but just a, a lot of little phrases in here it's um it's one of these psalms that i I don't know if it gets picked up in the new testament um very often at all um but it it's one that for for what for whatever reason it just stands out i think as one of the more unique ones that um i don't know i I've, I've never heard it used as like a the anthem of like going on like a or a tree up in the mountains, or something like that. But I feel like it would be perfect for that. It is. It is about nature, but it, as you said, it's ultimately about the the Messiah behind it. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's the you know the amazing thing. We you know it, it's one of those things we uh, we are so captivated by the, these these nature images, but then you then then again, remember these the, these words, these divine words, are always set in context. And what is it in the psalms that nature that that nature does? it declares the handiwork of god you know so 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 really what we're what we see in our natural obs you know and and this is not just you know these observations are not just limited to david um there are obs you know the, these are these are our observations too you know you look at the you look at the world in which we live and you go. You know, I, my senior my senior year in college, I was a tenor in, in the in the Comer Corps from Concordia University, Wisconsin. I know you're one of those Irvine guys, but uh, well, we don't. <laughs> have, uh, but but you know, I'm a, I, Ken Koshy was our director at the time, and and I don't know why why he did it, but every year we were on tour, we went to Canada. We went up north where it was cold. Every, oh, wow. every human being. Every other collegiate was going somewhere where there was warm and sand and beach and that kind of stuff, and we went to Canada. Well, but I remember going across my senior year at uh, at uh, uh, Niagara Falls uh, up into St. Catharines, and we stood on the observation tower, and you see this, you know, and, and you're on the observation tower, you're 150 some feet above the the fo- top of the falls, and you're looking at the Horseshoe Falls. By the way, the Canadians got a better be- better end of the deal. Ours is so dumpy compared to Horseshoe Falls. But you look at <laughs> you, you look at you look at the Horseshoe Falls, which the Canadians get, and you look over to the American Falls and Buffalo on the other side of it, and then you look down to your left and you see the Great Basin. I remember turning to him. as I'm a you know 22 year old, 22 year old college senior, and I remember slugging my college my choir director in the shoulder. Look, he turns and he looks at me and he says, "I dare you to tell me that God didn't make this." You know, there was such majesty, uh, and in that one setting. And and there are, you know, you know, so many more around our world that that it, it seems sacrilegious. It, it it just it was blatantly sacrilegious to say that this happened uh by chance, you know, kinda like the rolling of the cosmic you know, the rolling of the dice in a cosmic craps game. You know, there's no way. There there was order and power and majesty and, and intricate detail and it just you know it it just couldn't have happened by chance. The observation.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I know. I was just, um, you know, you think back um, on your own experiences, whether it was, uh, I've never been up to Canada, but actually when you were, you were saying that though, it was reminding me of um, uh, times when I've, I've been in perhaps other situations where I've been looking up from a high point up on a mountain. Right. And it's just something about those views that you get, but well, let's I'm really looking forward to considering this because I mean this this will be an interesting point well as you read it you know I feel like you you have to draw on your experiences and you're going to um, as, as we read it together, everyone's gonna kind of have a little bit of a different image coming to mind as ever, everyone's kind of been different places and seen different sites. But kind of putting all those things together then and considering some of the unique language you use to talk about those things and, and not just, you know, um, stop at, okay, well, God made it, but, but then like, you know, pressing and saying like, okay, but like, what, what are we saying about the creator in each of these little moments and each of these little sites and each of these little scenes here? So, um definitely looking forward to reading this here. I think we'll go ahead and read the whole thing at once, then do it piece by piece. But before we do, would you say a prayer to guide our meditation um, on all on, on this beautiful imagery today, us and everybody listening?
1: Oh, Lord, our Lord, your voice is indeed a powerful thing. It thunders over the waters. It, it breaks cedars. It causes deer to give birth. It, it lays us bare, and that in and of itself doesn't sound very comforting until we understand that it's that voice, too, that in the midst of our weakness and death, you give us strength. And in that strength, manifested in the weakness of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we have peace. In this peace, Lord, grant us your grace that we might, by your Spirit, once again look at this unique word of yours that you've delivered through your servant David to give to us, to give us a lens by which we see creation and then see you fully, not just as the one majestic and mighty uh, to, to make and to break, but the one who's majestic and mighty in your son to save. Lead us to this end. For Jesus' sake,
0: amen. Amen. All right. Let's read, as I was saying, the whole thing through. It's only just, um, I mean, 11 verses here, and then we'll go back and we'll look at it just really verse by verse, I think. Um, everyone who's following along, this may look different depending on what translation you're looking at. This is one of those spots in the Bible where the translation can make a large difference because some of the phrases are a little bit obscure or a little bit unique and difficult to translate. So this is the English Standard Version as we usually follow here, beginning with the title, the superscript that is in the Hebrew, A Psalm of David. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood, the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people, may the Lord bless his people with peace. So there are a number of little phrases and word choices that are kind of unique or at least unusual. Um, but throughout, you have this repetition of just the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. The name of God is repeated um, a great number of times. Uh, I didn't actually count, but I mean, I think it's like at least thirty times in the span of like um, eleven verses here, isn't it?
1: So you sit, so you sit back, and you, you know, this is where you, this is where you, you know you talk about experience. This so where you think back to your parents, you know, when you were a kid, or your teachers when you're in school. If they're repeating the same thing over and over and over again, this is probably something we ought to pay attention to, you yeah. know. And, and and I think you're right. And 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 it, it, again, what's unique is this is Yahweh. This is Yahweh. Uh, this isn't uh, this isn't uh, when it says the Lord. This isn't the the generic more generic Agonai. This is Yahweh. This is the. The personal name for God, the Tetragrammaton, and it, you know it's the one who's you know the one of the one of whom you know in the conversation with Moses he says, "I am," you know that that present active participle of the verb to be. You know, who is God? He's the one who is. You know, and and uh, uh, that, that's a that's part of it with, you know which is which is just a which yet again is you know I so 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 when he says this you know when 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 the Lord is doing these things. You know, in a very real way, because of the name, he's doing them in real time. He's doing them. You know, you know, it's one thing for us to. You know, we 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 dare not. You know, especially now as we look at the lectionary this time of year. Um, we you know, just like just like uh, as we start to read um, end times texts in our in in our divine services on the weekends you know and, and in because of the influence of the evangelical thought and the dispensationalist thought in the last oh fifty, sixty 50 60 years 100 years um we we've kind of conditioned ourselves to read these texts as to something that that's that's going to happen you know uh, after all you know we don't want to be you know we we don't want to end up as subjects of those god awful novels left behind you know um but but you know these are things that are happening now. And in the same way, you know, this is this is a situation, too. We understand that, that when you see all of these things that he ascribes to the, to the, the Lord, that the psalmist uh, ascribes to the Lord, these are things that God has done, is now doing, and will continue to do until the Second Coming. So, so, mm. so this this is that Lord. He he is not that, you know. And I, and again, sometimes I think we fall into this. And I hope I'm not reading too much into the text. But I think sometimes when we talk about, oh yeah, the voice of the Lord was powerful. We think creation, okay. Um, we think the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. we think of uh you you think of uh, some of the imagery uh some of the imagery of maybe even to, you know the the call of isaiah 's prophecies you know his, 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 to his to his prophetic uh um, you know in the year that king Uzziah died um you know and, and you know I wonder though if what, what we 're doing in the process or we think of well this is something that 's going to happen someday. And mm-hmm. what we're really do and what we're really doing by not reading this psalm in the sense of this is who God is today. A I think we're missing I, I think we're missing the point. Yeah. But I also think what we're doing is we're robbing ourselves of the ultimate goal, which is the last word of the psalm. Peace. Shalom. Mm-hmm. If we don't read this as a living, active God right now, we will miss out on Because if we read it, this is something that either has happened a long time ago or is going to happen, well, that's peace then. But what about right now? Well, mm-hmm, this is that mm-hmm. Lord who is living and active right now. And what we see in the connection to the Messiah, in the con- connection to the Messiah, we see that he is that peace giver today.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's, that's really, um, that's, that I'm, che- I'm kind of just chewing on that. That's a lot that you put out there. Some good food for thought. I think that you're right. The verbs that you see throughout, they, um, they are that Hebrew form that, that is, probably best interpreted as an ongoing habitual thing that includes the present but probably also includes the past and the future but something that just goes on and happens from time to time and this is why i think in the english you get rendered with the the present um the simple present like things like the lord makes and the lord shakes and the lord sits and the lord flashes right like it's it he's doing that today He'll probably keep doing it tomorrow as long as there is a tomorrow um, you know he so it goes on but it's it's in the present and um your your thoughts on connecting that to eschatology of course are uh, very timely in the last two weeks of the church here um, and, and also spot on that you know it, it is God doing all of these things now and that we even now live in the the latter days as it were you know this is the year of our Lord a d. Two thousand and nineteen this is the the age of the church that that age um, of this of this time that has been established by the eschatological work of the Lord Jesus himself um, connecting it to the divine name is uh, is provocative though I will say um, the divine name is only reg- uh, rendered as a present active participle as you precisely mentioned in the Septuagint. It is oh, not Doctor Hummel
1: would be so proud of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he would be, but it's only that way in the Septuagint. It's not. It's not that way in in English or in the Vulgate or actually even in the Hebrew. But that's probably a conversation for another day. Um, right. <laughs> but but i do I, I do think you're right we have to pay attention with with the lord yahweh being mentioned so many times what are you doing with that and i and i think um i i think that what what you've already laid out for us is 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 really good a really good starting point i think that another thing we really ought to consider is in the context of verse one you know these heavenly beings that are mentioned, and we got to do something with them. Um, they're not named. Um, the only being, um, you know, heavenly being anyway, um, if we can call God that, um, is is Yahweh. Um, so there does perhaps seem to be this notion of, you know, God is um, sitting enthroned above not just all creation, but even above all of. Now, let me, let me rephrase it. Not just above like the physical, visible creation, but even above the spiritual, invisible creation as well. That idea that you go back into the creed that, you know, um of all things visible and invisible, as it says in the Nicene Creed, you know, could it be that Yahweh is said over and over again because Yahweh is unique and even the angels and the spirits and whatever else might be behind the things of nature. Have nothing to do but tremble in awe before him
1: yeah. well you know and uh, again what, what we what we struggle with in our task for today is the imprecision of the english language um, what a what a horrendous language the English language is you know a good thing we, we learn it from birth because it can be so confusing. You know you learn the grammar rules of english you know the, the the number one rule that always applies is that there's always an exception to the rule. Um, uh, and, and so, but but the other thing, you know, one of the things too, and I think this is to your point. Uh, um, uh, we need to spell this out because you know they, we spell this out differently because of the lack of of collective nouns in Hebrew. Uh, um, you know, this this go back. You go back to the the beginning. You know, uh, you, know uh, what is it that, uh, you know, what is it that you know what is was what is it that uh, that God is cutting in the beginning. It's the heavens and the earth. Well, why didn't he just say? Why didn't he just say? Because God made everything. Because God created uh-huh. everything. Well, he, there, there's no word for that. You right. know? <laughs> so, you ha- so you have these bookends. Yeah. You know, it is very. You know, and I and I wonder if, if it's re- it's unique here to start with that God is ch- you know he, he, the heavenly beings. That's the first parentheses because this is where He dwells. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then this is the psalm written to be lived out in the, the, the temporal realm. You know, so that the divine, you know yes, he is the one, we're going to ascribe him majesty and glory um, because he's above it all okay? right. he, he's, he's above the and, he, and, and again, you think about this, he mention he, he he just mentions that which we cannot see in the first verse right everything everything else is stuff we see. Uh mm-hmm. you know, everything else is stuff we see. And then you get to the end and we talk about stuff that we don't always understand. You know, like floods and things like that. Right. You know. And so 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 not only he he is over what we don't see. He's over what we see. He's over what we don't what we what we understand. He's over what we don't understand. He is yeah. this all-encompassing God. Who is then and, and 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 then again, what are we looking for? All of this—it's this God who is establishing peace with us. I think that's you know, uh, and I you know, I don't want to go. I, I hate to go running off to that last verse, but you know, you know, and I, I think this is a wonderful testimony to who this Yahweh is about. You know, there there is this huge limitation about getting to know God only by natural knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is, you know, his catechetical review, um, but the bottom line is, you know, you understand that if the only way you know that God exists is through creation and conscience, here's what this Yahweh is. If he's only the one who is who is observed through creation and conscience, he's a really big God, because you've got to be big to make something this vast and mm-hmm. this int- intricate. And the only other way we know him is that law written on our heart called the Conscience which never tells you, hey, Espinoza, you did a good job there. You know, No, you mm-hmm. saying, oh, Al, you shouldn't have done that. Or oh, oh, you should have done that. You should have made that. Why, point. why does my that,
0: conscience kind of sound yeah. Canadian? Going back yeah. to your experiences earlier, because <laughs> you know, I'm
1: because I'm close enough, you know. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but, right. but, but you know, you get there. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Canada yeah. is the conscience of the United States. But ultimately, <laughs> so all you have is a big. Uh, all you have then is a big God out to get you. Is yeah, no, that's God, right. This, this is mm-hmm. not a God. If if all the, if the only thing you see in Yahweh is this God. Who makes things and breaks things, and this law of his that he's written on my heart accuses me? Oh my Lord, I'm this is this is not like crawling on Grandpa's lap, you know. No, this is me. This is me running away from the. This is me running away from 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 the dragon. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to get yeah,
0: no, right. near this. That's right. Yeah, I'm reminded Still, you, God, what you're saying is. That I feel like very. Um, it's very amenable to the way that C.S. Lewis puts it. That you know, by just ju- judging by creation, as you were saying, right? Just you know, creation and conscience, like you put it. You know, you look out in the universe, and uh, the way that Lewis puts it is that we know that God must be a great artist because what He's made is beautiful, breathtaking. I mean, it's not. It's not even just intricate, but it's just elegant. Um And also we would need to determine that he's no friend of man because right. it just seems like this big, beautiful universe is also just vast and it seems to be trying to destroy us. Um, at every turn. <laughs> um, oh. and, and as you just said, with conscience it seems like, uh, th- this, this designer is not too happy with the way that we continually muck things up. So yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Um, th- this is, this does seem to be taking that natural perspective and then just above it all, putting the divine name of God. And there's one more thing I want to ask you about that in verse one here, but we do have to take a short moment here for our break. But we'll get back to this right afterwards. Everybody hang with us. We're looking at Psalm 29 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, this is Gary Duncan. Kelly Schumacher of Agnus Day has donated her artistic reproductions cards and books to KFUO during 2019. And we use these for giveaways during our share and the various conventions that we attended over the summer. Everybody who has seen the art on display and the books say how beautiful the pieces are. So please take time to browse Kelly's website at OnYou'sDayArts.com. That's A-G-N-U-S-D-E-I-Arts.com. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're looking at Psalm 29, and we're joined today by Pastor Nathan Metter, Pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. If you have a question or a comment for us as we explore some of this very unique language here in Psalm 29, for me and Pastor Metter here, you can give us an email, question, or comment, kfuo at kfuo.org. Or you can uh call if you're listening live, one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven. Or if you're in St. Louis, three one four eight two one O eight five O. Though if you're in Canada, I don't know if either of those numbers will work. Um I mean maybe the one eight hundred maybe just stick to email though. Um but yes, so we're looking at this psalm. We're only we've only gotten through the first verse here, but so here here's my question for you. I mean we've we've definitely I think looked at a Um, A couple different ways to kind of tie this thing together. But there's a particular phrase in verse 1 here that's just unique here. And maybe someone's actually looking at their their ESV and it says there actually, there's a footnote, number one, after, O heavenly beings, that it says in the Hebrew, sons of God or sons of might. And and in fact, actually, in in the Hebrew, and and you saw this uh, as you were looking at it as well, it's B'nai Elim. Which is very unusual. Um, doesn't happen very often, but you know, a um, that's that's kind of a word that in this sort of context basically just means gods even plural. Um so something along the lines of like, you know, sons of gods or you know, something you know, but gives heavenly beings here. So just the term by itself unique. And then in verse two, when it kind of like echoes it and it says, you know, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, that seems to be suggesting that these beings that are being talked about here, um, they, they're, they're holy. They're, they're splendorous, right? But even these holy, splendorous beings really have nothing to do except just bow down and worship an infinitely greater Being who is even more splendorous and even holier, so you know, like just why this very interesting turn of phrase? What's what's in this phrase, Um, and then you know, who who is it referring to? I think that you were kind of starting to answer by saying there's these limitations in both English and Hebrew. You know, each language has its strong spots and its weak spots, Um, but maybe Hebrew is kind of using this sort of interesting uh, phrase to get at a, a collective idea of some kind.
1: Well, I, I do think, you know, it, again, too, you know. So then we set this, and without the, you know, the risk of going, you know, we. I wonder, you know, again, let's let's tie it back to the book that we're that you guys are looking at right now, you know, that we're looking at on law, you know, on a when you're not getting diverted by the guy who sounds Canadian from Plymouth. <laughs> um, uh, but but Isaiah, some of the images in, you know, especially the throne room when Isaiah is called, right? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you've got you've got these. Uh, you 've got these 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 fantastic beings you yeah. seraphs, you know these seraphs, mm-hmm. you know six wings they 're covering their face they 're covering their feet they 're flying, and they 're singing kadosh, kadosh, kadosh right. holy 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 you know and 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 when they start singing that way, everything shakes you know and 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 the place is, the 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 place is filled with Cavode the glory and 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 in fact it is it's full it's it's filled just with the train you know not the real not not the not the court the, just the, the the tail ends right you know? yeah. so so you sit there so so you get that kind of an image and and um so you got all these powerful images and they are all pointing towards something even bigger and then i also think you know you you see a little bit of this play out in uh you see a little bit this play out in the book of revelation with the uh you know the you know those 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 unique those unique things you've got the elders and then you've got these four living creatures you know and what do they do when they hear kadosh 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 when when they hear about the glory of the lord they go around their faces you know yeah. so so these guys are powerful in their own right. You know, you, you think about you know, you think about uh, the times we encountered the seraphs. You know, it only took one. It only took one with a big, bad flaming sword to keep us away from the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Just one. You know, or or, or Jesus in the or Jesus. You know, he sits there. You know, so so uh, uh, you know, Peter gets out his little dagger, or whatever, and whacks off the ear, and he says. Dude, put that thing away! Don't you know that, that that I can have twelve legions of angels? Okay, now remember, one seraph shuts off the garden. Twelve legion, okay? So so we're we're talking hundred and forty, you know, you know we, we're talking we're talking hundred forty thousand, you know, hundreds of thousands. Right? Legions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yet all of them with their might, you know, one of these wipes out one hundred eighty thousand Assyrians in one night hmm Okay. And all of these still bow down to him. Right. At the mere and, and look, at the mere mention of his name. Boom. Done. You know, uh their their power is, you know, their 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 incredible glory is nothing compared to his.
0: Right. I, I, th- I think that's right, that the idea that, that the psalmist is going for, and it's interesting, you know, considering that this would be David, and that's kind of another question that we haven't really considered, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and kind of throw just a couple things out there um, because we do need to kind of just move on to verses uh, 3 and 4. <laughs> but but yep. um, I think that this this psalm seems to be taking a little bit of... Well, I don't know if cosmopolitan is stretching it a little bit, but probably fairly cosmopolitan for your average Judahite, anyway perspective. Because this this is this is David and um like yourself David traveled. Um David had seen a few places. Right. Compared to your average person, he hadn't. This is something that we've always failed to take into account. You know, your average American travels a good deal, um, compared to most human beings that have ever walked the face of the earth. (laughs) Um, travel was usually associated with bad things. Like, I don't know, you've been exiled and deported to Assyria or Babylon. Correct. Um, But this whole traveling for leisure thing, relatively new phenomenon. And so it's not everybody who can Go and just tell you about the cedars of Lebanon, right? Or or use kind of foreign terms like Syrian to describe Mount Hermon. Most people are not well traveled. Most people don't have that kind of worldly perspective. And so here goes David um, describing just kind of like all the travels and all the things he's seen and all the places he's been, just in the biggest terms he can describe God. And as you said just saying that the the biggest, most powerful spiritual powers and authorities that you can imagine all just need to hit the deck and bow down before this one particular God, the true God, Yahweh. And so he's using a kind of traditional Semitic term here, you know, B'nai Elim, which no doubt probably um, some of Israel's neighbors took to literally mean like the sons of gods, referring to... Right. Lesser, lesser gods and kings and all the rest of it. But then Israel, a term that would have referred to the angels. And so just as you were saying, you know, like, you've got, you know, the seraphim in Isaiah 6 or the cherub guarding the Garden of Eden or any number, one of the other angels mentioned in scripture, all the, all them and all their power, right? Think of the, the terrifying angel of the Lord, as you mentioned, who slaughtered thousands of Assyrians overnight. Mm-hmm. All of them, all the most powerful spiritual forces in the world that you can imagine, all of those guys that 's who we 're talking about, they need to just bow down and give God the glory due his name
1: mhm yeah and and yeah I, I i and then, in light of that, it convicts us of our own arrogance when we think that we you know that we're all that in a bag of chips. You know, or
0: like we have something better to do than besides exactly. like glorifying God, like there's something more pressing.
1: To to you know, to go elsewhere in this wonderful hymn book, let's sing a verse of that hymn. Um, what is man that you are mindful of him? Yeah. Right, right. And and again that speaks, you know, not again to run off to that last word, that this God who is all of these things in this psalm, is this God to bring me Peace that's his ultimate aim. It's not his own glory. His glory is in the way, his glory is best revealed in the way he shows mercy.
0: right yeah no it, it's it's um, after this introduction in verses one and two, the the final verse seems audacious that yeah. that this is the power that we're going to invoke and say like oh we' we're, we're, we're his people. You know, like, like, you know, our name is on him, you know, and we can call down his blessings on us. I mean, the, the audacity of faith is what this is. Yes. This is, this is Israel hanging on to a, a being that he does not understand and a being that if he saw his face, he'd just die. Um, this is, this is what, this is what faith is just, you know, like a child, um, like, like an infinitely small child. In, in, indeed. Um, let, let's take a look at verses 3 and 4, just to kind of keep the ball moving here, you mentioned glory. Um, We we saw that in verse 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Verse 3 continues this, this idea of just, you know, what is this glory of God? And, And this is where it turns. We started with saying, okay, the spiritual powers need to bow down. You know, whoever exactly they are, we don't even fully understand the angels themselves, but they all need to just Bow down and worship. As much splendor and holiness as they have, they've got nothing on God. So then, verse three turns, and now we're looking at the stuff that we can see. We're looking at the, the the visible creation, and it says, "The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty." Seems like. We've we've gone to nature now, and the image we're starting off with is that of a storm.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it it is, you know. And, and, and you see, uh, well, but, but let's let's think about this. You know, the, the, a creation connection. Go back to Genesis, and what do we have? We have waters, chaos, right? And and what's over the water? God's spirit is hovering you know God's God's spirit is hovering above this and and uh you know this is, it is formless and void tohu vavohu great great sound in Hebrew you know um and then all of a sudden God speaks and immediately order starts taking shape you know and and so so I think what you see you know here in here in 3 um not so so you have this you know if if you want to look at this is you've got this you've got this um the the this heavenly aspect in 1 and 2 you've got this creation reference because i really think this is a creation reference here in 3 and 4 he speaks and kaboom things happen you know uh, you know, and so, so he immediately his, his glory is that he that his word introduced into chaos creates order, mm. and yeah. and then and then as the rest of this thing plays, so so think of it this way, okay? It's this voice that's that that's that's worth glory and and, and is, is is has has glory do his name, okay? Um, it's this one who spoke into the chaos of creation. It's this one, as you know. That that speaks into the chaos of our life, you know. He, you know. He, you know. When when we are when we are proud, you know. Verses four, you know. Verses five and six. When when we are proud, he breaks us. Um, when we are, uh, yeah. you know. When you know. And and when we are broken, he heals us. Spring mm-hmm. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Spring like that. You know the fire that destroys and 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 shakes is also the one uh you know and and you know and that in the midst of so then seven eight nine and ten you know or, you know seven eight nine you know these, these are these are destructive sounds these are destructive sounds and although there, there's a you know and and yet at the same time what is it what is it glory so this is righteous judgment from his voice, so when it hit, what is what his word speaks is always right even when it's convicting us.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I think um it, it's always right. And it's, it's even, even when it seems destructive, I mean, this is the power of a, of a truly creative being that, you know, that image that, you know we we see in genesis of god you know hovering over the deep as it says and then breaking into it breaking into the silence cleaving the silence with his word right that's that's our namesake him right thy mm-hmm. strong word did cleave the darkness there's this sense where god destroying chaos is actually how he creates order. At least that's kind of the imagery that's used in the Hebrew. Absolutely. Right? You know, there's 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 only so many ways you can put this in a Hebrew, and this is this is kind of the most beautiful way to do it elegantly. And so as you said, I think you're right, in verses three and four, is it, this is creation language and as scary as a storm is, I mean like it, it is interesting to note that in Genesis one, right, it says the Spirit of the Lord was hovering not over the waters, but over the deep over the face of the deep it's not called waters until god creates waters and names them waters right, right? right. in those days of creation and so like when it says the voice of the lords over the waters it's over the ones that he created you know as 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 big and scary as the storm seems to us this is the order that god made you know it wasn't even this before Before God created it, so like all of the, these waters and these rains and the thunder all of this is actually the ordered creation of god and it's just it 's just showing you uh, well his order is a lot bigger and scarier than than we can really comprehend right
1: and then you know, then a thought like that then makes some of the early miracles of Jesus um it, it makes them far less. Oh, isn't that nice? You mm-hmm. know, when he when, when he is roused from his Jonah-like sleep in the back of the boat, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and first castigates his people, and then walks to the stern and uh, you know walks to the bow and says, "All right, that's enough." And boom, it stop You know, and what is it? It goes. It does. It doesn't just kind of fade. It goes dead stop. You know the waters. You know the waters go dead stop, and and you go, oh my, you know. And that's when you know. And then then you see Peter's response, you know, go away from me, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Go away from me, and yet look at this. You know, this is this God. You know, and 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 again, is you know, because we're, you know, and and again, this God, who who has all of this power, whose voice has all of this this this, you know, it, it has. He does it for the benefit of
0: peace. Yeah, peace yeah. No, is that that really is yeah. that? That's profound, and I really appreciate you bringing up the image of you know our Lord being there on the boat sleeping soundly. I mean, th- th- this is really just testament to that. That the, the storm, ah. it, as scary as it is, when you kind of consider it, when you consider um, the damage that it can bring, right? It really is like a part of God's peace-giving, created order. I mean, there, there's Jesus, our Lord, asleep on the boat peacefully because it's like, guys, this is really good white noise. You know, you should get your nap in. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about that, like, um, you know, like we have at home for our toddler when, when it's time for nap time. We we just, we um, we have one of those little Google speakers and we just say, you know, uh, play some nature noises. And one of the ones it does from time to time, sometimes it does crickets, sometimes it does like a like a river, Sometimes it does like a storm, like a thunderstorm. And isn't not right. that, that just something how some yeah. there's something peaceful about a thunderstorm. And I think that that's something that Texans oh. are are particularly fond of of talking about, right? But there there is just something about that that it's like our Lord Jesus is almost like annoyed at the disciples like, "Hey, I was getting really good sleep. Thunderstorms are so nice for getting for catching some Z's, right? And you're making me turn off my white noise."
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Jesus, at the risk of being sacred, imagine that the next time you you have to awake, you you have to startle your toddler awake. How often? How often do they not have that kind of response? <laughs> you know, you go, oh. you know, it's like, you know, what this storm isn't so bad. I'd rather have that than an annoyed toddler. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and in a very, you know, and and so, and yet, and this is the display. This this unassuming Jesus. And again, this is where we you know we you know can be accused of reading into the text, and yet remember this is a psalm of david, David is you know Jesus is great David's greater son so so in you know already in in the lineage of this king is the king of kings, and as david as as David is talking about all of this stuff he's also then alluding to the one who's going to show the very same mastery over it. You know, right. and, 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 and I think that's, you know, the question, you know, the question, you almost, you know, if you really want to understand a psalm, you, you ask the question, where is Jesus in this? Where is Jesus in this? And, and, and ultimately, it gets to that point where, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord, you know, and you, we see the way he saves, and that's where, that's where the last two verses here are the gold.
0: Right, and I think actually we should really save those last two verses and talk about those uh, in a little bit more focused detail. Sure. Let, let me let me just read over five to nine, and then just we can make maybe just a couple more comments on this middle section. And I think you're right; we should just focus on the last two. I don't. Verses. I don't want
1: to run the clock out like I do every month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's 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 easy to do it. It's the po the poetry and the 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 images are deep. So let's just look at just one more time here at this middle section. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian to like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry glory. I mean, so so the image, right? It, it seems destructive, you know, breaking the cedars, and this is this is a little bit of that big, um, you know, well-traveled perspective of David, you know, the you know Lebanon, right, referring to like the those white snow-capped mountains, right, uh, up to the north of Judah and Israel, um, you know, that were renowned for these big beautiful trees, these big cedars that were up on them, right, and so these this kind of the biggest most natural thing like majestic natural things you could think of a lot of people hadn't even gone up there and seen it but david had seen it right and you know god just you know he he breaks these cedars like they're toothpicks and and i feel like the image when you have this you know flashing forth flames image um it, it seems to be kind of maybe thinking perhaps about like you know earthquakes and forest fires and all those things right like when you've um if you've ever seen a, a big forest after a thunderstorm just how those big trees are just like splitting too and it's really it looks just amazingly violent um from like a thunder strike like that um you know and it's uh,
1: and it several years ago several years yeah. ago and I was still serving in southern illinois um in fact it was 2009 i remember because it was it, it was not long before i preached my last sermon on pentecost sunday um in the pre in, in Staunton uh, a couple weeks before that they'd had what they called an inland hurricane mm. 100 mile an hour winds took oh, wow. old growth forest down around uh, Marion and, and and Carbondale and just snapped off trees you know trees that I you know trees that were big enough that that, that you and I would struggle to hold hands around were snapped off wow you know, and and you see this, and and um, you know, and and you know, and that where you're at, I'm sure that you 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 have felt more than more than your share of, of rollers out there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like you, you you know, we know how to do a fire drill here. You know, you know what an earthquake drill is. You mm-hmm. know, and 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 you sit there, and, and and you know, and and we would say, when we start to rehearse this list, I'm not always sure the the na- the word that would come out of my mouth would be glory
0: well <laughs> you know it, it's glory the
1: earth, start, the earth yeah. starts rumbling, the earth starts rumbling, and I may invoke the divine name, but i 'm not sure it 's going to be in a sanctified
0: way well well you make you make a good point. the thing is like you know we 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 always tend to go a little bit perhaps too rosy and uh soft on this word glory, like glory is just you know like um angel choir singing in the clouds or something like that but as we've seen in Isaiah when glory is mentioned it's usually in a destructive sense you know oh here comes the glory of the king of assyria um could we not see his glory actually could you turn that glory around um glory typically means this i mean it's power power to to destroy it's and, and the thing is you're thinking okay so why why is this focus on the destructive power but the, the crazy thing is, you know, you're, you're told this then by like the, the rangers and the parks and all this, that apparently all of this destruction in the forest that happens naturally is good for the forests because it's in this, you know, cycle of, of renewal. And like if you just had all these things overgrow without any naturally occurring fires and all the rest, right? Um, the thing would just get diseased, and um the whole thing would just um cease cease to be and so it it's it's a scary thing, but it's God renewing his creation as he you know casts down these bolts of lightning and shakes the earth with these earthquakes and all the rest of it um just just showing just how powerful um is the creator <laughs> that his his good gracious acts of creation. Um, just as you were saying, terrify us. Um, we do only have two minutes left here. So let's go ahead and read the last two verses and then you can kind of give us these concluding thoughts. Cause these are, I think you're right. The big, the big verses at the end for us here. Verses 10 and 11. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. So finally here at the end, like it's not it's not just the angels, it's not just you know the, the powerful forests and mountain ranges. Here we have mentioned here twice, it's his people that are in view.
1: Right. right. So and and again, just like we see a creation emphasis here, and and we're gonna end with peace, the Lord is enthroned over the flood. Mm-hmm. Okay. God can use a flood, which drowns, destroy, Mm -hmm. but leads to new life. You know, it's Noah, it's the ark, it's the font. This is where, this is where, you know, so, so he's the one over this. He's the one over all of this, and he's not using it simply to strut his stuff. Right. He's using it to deliver peace. You know, so 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 you're right, you know, we bring the little heathen to the water and we drown them so that God can raise them. And that's where peace comes in. You know, and this is where he gives you know and, and the strength for our this this the, the strength to his people comes in the fact that we know that all of this majesty, all of this glory is going to be used for our benefit. Uh, right. Not because we deserved it, because remember, he's the one who deserves it. It never says, yeah, this is not a psalm about how swell we are. <laughs> no. It's about how amazing he is. We're going to ascribe the glory. Why? Because he's going to use all of this destructive power to work peace. And how does he do that? Like you mentioned before, God speaks and chaos ceases to exist. God speaks and death comes. God speaks and life comes. Our great peace comes in the fact that even in the face of our deserving all of this shaking, you know, uh, we have peace and that peace is in that one. It's not a concept, it's a person. That shalom, that peace is Jesus.
0: Amen, amen. Thank you so much brother looking forward to having you on next time I don't think it'll be a psalm so maybe that might be a change of pace yes. so
1: stretch my comfort zone again
0: Thank you so much though right, everybody Pastor left. Nathan Metter Pastor of St John Lutheran Church in Plymouth Wisconsin thanks for joining us in this meditation on Psalm 29 we thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation check them out at lhfmissions.org till next time everybody Pastor AJ Espinosa Peace Ministry of the LCMS Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift
1: safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting By Strong Word.